Hallelujah. It's good to be alive, isn't it? Thanks for coming. Thanks for meeting with us. We're moving together. Amen. One body. But I just want to read some promises of provision. Amen. It's good to know you're provided for all the days of your life. Amen. By El Shaddai, not El Chipo. <laughs> when the world fades, he stays strong. Amen. Offerings of first fruits and tithes. So this is Deuteronomy 26. Um, if you've ever heard a message on the tithe, it should be taught from Deuteronomy 26. Malachi 310, the Italian prophet, as I like to say, <laughs> is the, uh, the promise of the tither. So definitely have that in your back pocket. But tithing should always be taught how it was given. And that was to Moses in Deuteronomy 26. So Deuteronomy 26.1, And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Say giving you. Giving See, he didn't ask you to pay for it. He asked, him, asked you to believe him for it. Amen. Amen. If you believe him for it, money will come and you'll be able to pay for it more and more. Amen. Amen. He asked you to believe him for it. And God is giving you as an inheritance. Say an inheritance. An inheritance. So we have an inheritance laid up for us, don't we, yes. as children? Yes. From Abba, Father. Amen. A large inheritance. Amen. Every child of God has an inheritance from their father. That's good news, amen? And you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first, say the first, of all the produce of the ground which you shall bring from your land, that the Lord your God is giving you, and put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. So always tithe where the Lord chooses, amen? That's the key to tithing. <laughs> Placing it where he wants you to place it. Chooses to make his name abide. And you shall go to the one who is priest in those days. This is Jesus now. He's our high priest, Hebrews says. Amen. So you're not just giving to man. You're not giving to this ministry. You're not giving to word at the ranch. You're giving directly to Jesus. Our faithful and merciful high priest who ministers our tithe to our faithful and merciful father. He's our intercessor. Amen. He does everything on our behalf. Prays for us, ministers our offerings to the Father. Amen. And it's well-pleasing in our eyes. He chooses to make his name there, abide there, and you shall go to the one who is priest in those days and say to him, so you have to speak out, I declare today that the Lord your God, to the Lord your God that I have come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket out of your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall answer and say before the Lord your God, My father was a Syrian, Abraham, about to perish, and he went down to Egypt. Abraham, who's the father of us all, Paul says, the father of faith. He went down to Egypt and dwelt there, few in number. And there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous, in the enemy's camp, which represents Babylon. But the Egyptians mistreated us, afflicted us, and laid hard bondage on us. Then we cried out to the Lord God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, continuing to give. And with great terror and with great signs and wonders, he has brought us to this place and has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now, behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. James says, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights above. Amen. Every dollar we have as Christians come from him. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God, not man. So you shall rejoice in every good thing. Say good thing. Which the Lord your God has given to you and your house. So rejoicing, praise, and thanksgiving is part of the tithe we see. That's part of tithing the tithe, is praising, rejoicing, and giving him thanks for everything he's given. Skip one page and look at the promise of the tither. Deuteronomy 28. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully his commandments, which he commanded you this day, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. 
Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, your business, what you put your hands to, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Verse 5, Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come out, and blessed shall you be when you come in. That's 24-7. That's all the time blessing. Amen? Amen. Say, the blessing of the Lord is upon me. The blessing of the Lord is upon me. You're never without the blessing. No matter where you go, the blessing of the Lord is fixed on you. Amen? Amen. (laughs) The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated where? Before your face. David said in Psalm 23, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God takes pleasure in defeating your enemies right before your face. Amen? He likes that. It's promised over and over again. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Another verse says, all men shall be afraid of you because of the blessing on you. The Lord will command the blessing on you. Say on me. And in my storehouses. My savings accounts, where I keep my goods. Amen. This is old English for savings account. Or your mattress if you still keep your money under your mattress. Wherever you keep your stuff, the blessing's going to command the blessing there. So if you have a savings account, say, Lord, the savings account's yours. I expect the blessing. Amen. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty, say plenty, Plenty. of goods, in the fruit of your body and in the increase of your business or your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. So this is now your inheritance, passed on from Abraham all the way through us and all the way from you, amen, to a thousand generations, Deuteronomy says. The Lord will open to you his good treasure. Good treasure, amen? So treasure's not bad, it's good. The heavens to give rain to your land in its season. Say in its season. There's always a due season, amen? And God knows that season. And to bless all, say all, All. the work of your hand. So no matter what it looks like, the blessing's on all the work of our hands. And it's continually there. And in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Amen. Amen. Just got to outlast the devil and he's already dead and you live forever, you win. (laughs) Ding, ding. (laughs) Amen. You live forever, he doesn't. You can always outlast him. (laughs) You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. This is the blessing in full. Now he's made you the lender and not the borrower. This is what the fullness of the blessing looks like. And Paul said, I shall come to Rome in the fullness of the blessing. That's Paul the apostle who expected this in fullness. The lender, not the borrower. The head and not the tail. Amen? Amen. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be, say shall be, shall above be. only. This is a promise from God for you. Amen? Amen? This is where he wants to get every member in the body of Christ, to be the lenders, not the borrowers. If you stay with him and run with him long enough, this is where you will end up. Amen. I guarantee it. His word never fails. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah! And you shall be above only and not beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, his word which I command you today and are careful to observe them so you do not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. Just like the children in the wilderness did. They kept going back to idolatry and other gods. Molten calves made of gold. Amen. Even in the promised land. Crazy. Because God provided all this stuff. How can, you, how can you switch to another God when you've seen his goodness and everything he's given us? Amen. How can you go back now? So, Lord, we just pray over our offering today. We claim the blessing as givers, as tithers, as sowers, Lord, and as reapers. We give you the praises, Lord, for every seed sown does not go unnoticed in your eyes. Every seed sown produces in the kingdom of God. We give you praises, Lord, for the privilege and the pleasure of sowing and reaping and what that brings us. Eternal rewards in heaven, here on earth, and also for our generations to come. We thank you that sowing and reaping shall never fade away and never fail. 
and we give you the glory for it. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. You can also give online if you want at Elisha Mark Ministries. If you haven't gone in there, check out our website and our podcast too um, at Word at the Ranch if you want to hear our audio services during the week. I listen to our services. <laughs> Amen. And I get fired up on Monday as well. <laughs> it's good stuff. So you can make anything out to Word at the Ranch, Elisha Mark Ministries, whichever you prefer. We are tax exempt. Amen. You will receive a receipt for your giving. All right, is everyone awake today? Yes. I feel like everybody's in a little Thanksgiving slumber. <laughs> Say, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. alive with the life of God. The greater one's in me. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If this message doesn't wake you up, your wood is definitely wet. Amen. This should set you on fire. Hallelujah. The greater one's in me. Once we realize that, Nothing's stopping us. Amen. So go with me to Isaiah 53. We're going to take our communion at the end of the service today. Amen. And we'll come back to this verse. Isaiah 53. I'm going to try to make this around 40 minutes. How's that sound? Isaiah 53. Amen. Every denomination of Christian, every scholar, has determined that Isaiah 53 is indeed talking about the Messiah, Jesus Christ. You won't get too many Christians refuting you on this. Praise God for that one. We can all agree on Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Isaiah 53.1 Who has believed our report? Again, we're talking about righteousness. Rightness with God. Righteousness is simply an old English word that means uprightness. So when you see righteous in your Bible, it means perfect standing with God. Upright. Completely upright. Who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Let's just pray real fast. Just pray in tongues with me, if you will. Father, we thank you for a perfect service, a perfect covering, that you don't waste any of our time. We thank you, Lord, that we're here to hear from heaven, that we drown out all excuses, all reasonings, all doubts, all unbelief, and all distractions of any kind that would come to try to steal your word from our hearts. We give you the praises for a perfect covering around us today. For where two or three are gathered, you're here in our midst. We thank you, Lord, that preparation time is never wasted time, that we've prepared ourselves to hear, that we've prepared ourselves to come into your presence. Thank you, Father, for your riches and your glory in your presence is fullness of joy, and we give you all the praises. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. That did it. (laughs) (laughs) Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, Jesus Christ. And as a root out of the dry ground, he has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows. Cross out sorrows, that word literally means pains in Hebrew. A man of pains and acquainted with grief. Cross out grief, that word means diseases. Sickness and diseases. So it reads, a man of pains and acquainted with disease. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely, say surely, Surely. he has borne. That word borne literally means driven away. Past tense. Surely he has driven away our griefs. That word griefs, disease, diseases, sicknesses and diseases. Surely, just like that that rope he made with the money changers in the temple and drove them out, the same thing applies here. Surely he has driven away our griefs, our sicknesses, and diseases. He's driven them away. That's what he did in hell. That's what he did on the earth. He drove sickness and disease away from his people. With a cord, a threefold cord that's not easily broken. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's broken, amen? Sickness and disease is broken. You don't have to deal with it again. He already paid the price and broke it for us, amen? Amen. He drove it away from you, amen? And carried our pains. He carried our pains on Him so we don't have to, amen? When that pain tries to come on you, nope. I don't have to carry that. He already carried it. He was my substitute. He was the last Adam, the perfect sacrificial lamb 
that all the sins of the world was placed upon. Every pain, every sickness, every disease that will ever exist was already taken care of. It's an eternal work that's already accomplished. Amen? He already paid the price. He already drove those away on His cross. He already took stripes on His back for your pain. His back was emaciated. It was crushed. Bone, marrow, joint, ligament, all the way to the ribs probably with those stripes. Completely crushed so that you don't have to bear the pain anymore. Amen? You're not suffering for Jesus. He suffered for us. He was the only one that pleased the Father to crush. Not you and me. He doesn't tell us to suffer anywhere in the Bible. Amen? He suffered it all for us. He's Jesus. Amen? He did it so that we can be set free and live life in full. Hallelujah! It's good to be healthy, isn't it? It's good to be whole. It's good to be rich. It's good to be prosperous. Amen? God is so good. And He's more than enough. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace, that word peace is shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. No broken bones. Mended. Amen? He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our shalom, our perfect wholeness was upon Him. By, and by His stripes, we are healed. Say it again. By His stripes, we are healed. That's past tense again. Which means if a sickness tries to attack your body tomorrow, you go right to this. No. It was already paid 2,000 years ago. It's already been backdated. Amen? I've already been redeemed. No matter what I face ahead, it's already covered under the blood. Amen? Hallelujah. What can man do to you? Since God's for you. Amen? It's already completed. Isn't he rich? All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Flip your page to to Isaiah 54 with me. Verse 11. No sin, no sickness. No sin, no disease. Amen? Amen. Say, I'm without sin. Therefore, I'm without sickness. sickness. (laughs) He cleansed your sin. He took your sickness. When the gospel is preached, people get healed. When you receive salvation, healing comes. It was all in the atonement. Amen? O you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted, behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal, and all your walls of precious stones. All your children, say all, All. shall be taught by the Lord. (laughs) And great shall be the shalom of your children. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. What a promise for parents. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. In righteousness, say righteousness, you shall be established. This is how we get established in the kingdom of God. The psalmist says he rules his kingdom with the scepter of righteousness. And in righteousness, you shall be established in his kingdom. Say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. In righteousness, you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for whose sake? Your sake. (laughs) That's how righteous you are. They'll fall for your sake. Behold, I have created the blacksmith. He's talking about the devil here. Who blows the coals in the fire. Who brings forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the spoiler who destroys. Not to destroy. God didn't create anything anything to destroy. He created everything to bless. Amen. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come to give life. That's God and Son personified. Amen. So you have to change that word to read it correctly. I have created the spoiler who destroys. Meaning he created Satan and he can destroy him. He will. 
no weapon formed against you. See, if you read that verse wrong, this verse would make, not make sense. God would be bipolar in two verses. Amen? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Why would he create something to destroy you and then promise you no weapon shall prosper against you? See, you have to read it correctly. Amen? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. What a great promise. Amen? That's not saying weapons aren't going to be formed, but they won't prosper. People will be wasting their time with you. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn and put under your feet. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, let alone the sons and daughters. Amen? This is our heritage. And their righteousness, say righteousness, is from me, saith the Lord. Meaning no man can take it, not even yourself. You can't take his righteousness from you. His blood is way more powerful than your body. Amen. No matter what you do in the flesh, no matter what heinous sin you commit, it cannot penetrate his righteousness in you. You are now the permanent righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And in righteousness you shall be established. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, in his righteousness. Meaning there's nothing that can condemn you. No sin you commit should be able to condemn you because his righteousness is greater than the devil's condemnation. Amen? Say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Because it's in his righteousness you'll be established. You take your position as a citizen with your inheritance in the kingdom through being established in rightness and in his uprightness. Once this clicks in our spirits, problems just leave and dissipate. I'm the uprightness of God in Christ. Faith flows and I live by faith. There's no hindrances, amen? The devil can't condemn me anymore. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, period. What I did yesterday doesn't matter. What I do tomorrow doesn't matter. What he did 2,000 years ago is all that matters. Amen? All that matters is the cross. All time is separated A.D. and B.C., amen, by what he already accomplished. Not what I do yesterday or not what I do tomorrow, but by what he already did, amen? Say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm just going to look at a couple verses here. Let's go to Isaiah 61. One way to realize our righteousness is not only look at scriptures of it, but to really realize that God is now inside of us. When we realize that, we'll realize how righteous he's made us. God lives in us now. Amen. Amen. El Shaddai is actually in us now. Woo! God inside minded. Amen. We have to think like he does. He's in us now. Amen. Isaiah 61, this is Jesus' first sermon. Amen. His first sermon he taught in the synagogue after being endowed with the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 61.1, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is where we get Christ from, the anointed one and his anointing. He preached this anointing everywhere he went. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me, one, to preach good tidings to the poor, that you don't have to be poor no more. Through my poverty, I made you rich. You run with me, I'll take care of you. Amen. Just stay with the family. I'll take care of you. He's a good God father. Amen. (laughs) Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. You don't have to be poor no more. I broke the curse of poverty. That's good news. Number two, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So prosperity and healing. What do we see in 3 John 2? Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Number three, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Deliverance. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Salvation. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Favor. Jubilee. Debt cancellation. Canceled debts everywhere he went. Even in the Old Testament they did that. Canceled those widows, that widow's debt. The prophet. And the day of vengeance for our God, of our God, to comfort, say to comfort, to comfort. all who mourn. 
He's the comforter, amen? To console those who mourn in Zion. That's in the church. Those who are mourning in the body of Christ still. To console them, to comfort them. To give them beauty for ashes. To raise you up from nothing. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Whenever you praise, that's that spirit, that garment lifts. That shroud of heaviness lifts every time you praise. That they may be called trees of what? Righteousness. Planted in the kingdom of grace. Say, I'm a tree of righteousness. Firmly planted. And nothing shall uproot me. The planting of the Lord. That he may be glorified. Amen. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. We'll stop right there. Restoration comes right after that. Established in righteousness, restoration follows. Say, I'm established in righteousness. I am the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. Amen. Woo. This has been on my spirit, so let's go there. The women with the issue of blood. Mark 5.25. Mark 5.25. You know, you can read the same verse and get something new from it every day. You can't exhaust the living word. There's so much in here. <laughs> you can meditate on one verse and it can change for you every day. It's amazing how living it is. Hallelujah. Mark 5.25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. <laughs> she suffered by going to these doctors. She lost everything. She spent everything, amen, by going to, to doctors. And they could not help her. She had spent all that she had, it said, and was no better. Not one tittle better. Not one jot better. Better. But rather grew worse. Fear was present. They talked her into something she didn't even have, probably. But rather, grew worse. I'm not saying don't go to doctors, but pick the doctors you do go to who you'll trust. Amen? Amen. Who, who preferably have the wisdom of God, the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. Amen? Who aren't in it for selfish ambition. But actually are there to help. So there's nothing wrong with getting a diagnosis. A diagnosis can pinpoint you. Can pinpoint your faith. Amen? So don't stop going to the doctor. Many Christians don't go to the doctor out of fear. They don't want to know what's wrong with them or what's up with their bodies. Amen? But a diagnosis is helpful because you can use your faith to pinpoint it. Amen? So don't stop going to doctors. Just choose the right one. Amen? Preferably one who flows with the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But rather grew worse when she heard about Jesus. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. This is a multitude. An elderly woman with an issue of blood for 12 years made her way through that crowd. Somehow. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, the literal Hebrew here is she kept saying within herself. For she kept saying within herself. Have you ever said anything in yourself? down here? I'm going to get them. (laughs) You'll see. You know, it's just down here. That started down here. So she must have heard the word of Jesus to even come out. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So she developed faith from hearing his word preached or by other testimonies or by other people telling what Jesus was speaking. Amen. The gospel was spreading. And she heard this confirmed for 12 years. And she kept saying within herself, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. If only I may touch his clothes, I shall, that word shall, definitely will be made well. This is her confession, profession of faith. And Hebrews 10.23 says, Hold fast your confession of faith, which has great recompense of reward. If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. And the crowd parted for this little old lady infirmed. Millions possibly. She got through with her words. Her words parted them so she could get to Jesus. Her words went before her and worked. That she was even able to touch the master. Amen. To even get to him. 
She kept saying within herself, If only I may touch the home of Emma's garment, I shall be made well. Verse 29, immediately, say immediately. This is what your confession of faith will do to you. It will cause you to expect immediate action from God. Immediately, the more you confess it, the more your faith is built up to release. Amen? Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. For 12 years, that flow immediately dried up because of her profession of faith. Her profession did the work. Her faith did her work. Amen? Amen. She got to Jesus through faith and then received from Jesus through faith. He could do no mightily works there in his own hometown because of their unbelief. He could not do them there because of their unbelief. Faith is everything to receive a touch from God, to receive your finances in time of need. Faith is everything. And righteousness is your firm establishment and foundation to receive from God through. Your faith flows perfectly through his righteousness when you understand it. How planted and established you are in him. Say, I'm in him. I'm one with him. See, so he's in you and you're in him. That means one. Just like Jesus said, I'm one with my father. And that's where he got the most criticism from. I'm one with my Father. Now you're equal with God. If you're one, you're equal. He's in you. I'm in Him. We're one. What He has, I have all the days of my life. Amen? Who He is, I am now. A creator. He created with words. Now you create with your words. Whether you realize it or not, everything you have is what you've said. You are now a creator made in the same exact image and likeness. Amen? You create with your spoken lips. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. This girl lived because she spoke her confession of faith and did not quit saying it until she touched his garment. Until she got to her promised land. Amen? She kept speaking that until she touched Jesus. Amen? And it said immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body. Your confession will lead you to feel things. Amen? And she felt in her body. So don't stop confessing until you feel his touch. And she felt in her body that she was healed, past tense, of the affliction. She knew it. Amen? Amen. She knew it. Her faith was released in his garment. When she touched it, all her faith was released. And she received her healing. And she knew it. She felt it through her entire body. And the blood stopped immediately. Through her confession of faith. Faith moves God. Amen? You move Him with your faith. Amen. You can't please Him without faith. And it's His good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He can't give you the kingdom without releasing your faith. Just like this woman. He could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. Faith moves Jesus. And we see that all throughout the Gospels. Jesus was moved not on His own accord. He was moved through the faith of others. The centurion's house, Jairus' house. Everywhere he went on the map in the back of your Bible, Jesus' route was because of one man's faith that moved him there. He was always moved by faith, and he moves the same way, through faith. His route is charted on the earth through people's faith. Amen? He doesn't have his plan. He has a faith plan. And faith moves God. Amen? (laughs) So you can't exhaust faith. You can't stop studying faith. Amen? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. We live by faith. The just shall live by their faith. Be it done unto you according to your faith, Jesus said. Only believe and it shall be done for you. Glory. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? (laughs) But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? Meaning people are rubbing up against him the whole time, but he does not notice one of them because none of them touched him in faith. It was just a crowd of unbelief following him. 
She's the only one that got through. Through her faith. This is the only person Jesus noticed out of a sea of millions was the one with faith. If you need God to touch your house, you have to come to Him by faith. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. That don't quit. That don't give up. No matter what the circumstances, they hold fast their profession of faith, which has great recompense of reward. I wonder how many thoughts came at her as she sees millions of people and Jesus in the center. Oh, you'll never get to Him, the devil says. You'll never make it. You'll never touch Him. You're hopeless. You're lost. You're going to have this infirmity the rest of your life. There's no hope for you. But she kept saying, despite all that warfare, she kept saying, I will touch His hem and I shall be made whole. And she touched Him and she was. Because of her confession of faith, because she did not quit. Amen. Who touched my clothes? Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken which means all she spent on physicians for 12 years was immediately restored. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Completely restored. All those medical bills, he provided for. Peace means shalom. Nothing missing now, nothing broken. He restored all that she lost. Because she gave him thanks. Yes. Hallelujah. She not only got healed, now she comes back, she's, he, she's giving thanks, and now he gives her another promise. Now he says, Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Glory to God. Daughter, your faith. He doesn't say me. He doesn't say, daughter, I've made you well. He says, your faith has made you well. Didn't take any credit for it whatsoever. Your faith has made you well. No pastor or preacher should be able to take credit for anything they ever do. Amen? It's your faith that makes you well. It's your faith that reaches up and touches them and grabs hold of the Word of God. Amen? It's you. You're the one that comes prayed up. You're the one that stands fast in your confession. You're the one that draws from the anointing, from the Father, from the Word. Amen? Has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you. Has nothing to do with God. It has to do with faith. Your faith has made you well. Not me, Jesus said. Go in peace, shalom, and be healed of your affliction. Finances restored and health immediately because she kept saying. Oh, I just love that story. She kept, she kept saying, she kept searching for him. And now what I want us to understand is Jesus isn't out there in the multitude in some unknown abyss and crowd. He's in us. <laughs> All we have to do is go in. We don't have to try to make our way through him through a crowd or a wilderness. We say, Jesus lives inside of me. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The anointed one and his anointing is now in you. All he preached in Isaiah 61 is in you now. Amen? Deliverance, health, healing, and prosperity comes from within my bosom now because the kingdom of God is within us. Amen? It's not out here, it's in. It all comes from without. Ideas come from without that hold market value and provide and, and gain the wealth of the world and bring it into the body of Christ. Amen? That fulfill their ministry as kings and priests on the earth. That's a whole other subject. Some are anointed as kings and some are anointed as priests. The wealth of the wicked comes through the kings to the priests so the priests can run with the gospel and go into all the world. Some are called to go ye into all the world and some are says. Some are called to stay behind, build businesses, and I'll send them into the world. And both, in, according to the Bible, receive equal rewards. 
those who provided for Billy Graham's ministry, Reinhard Bonnke's ministry, who has more than 26 million souls saved on record, everyone who sowed into his ministry, who flew him to Africa, who provided for his meals, everyone when they get to heaven, those souls will be coming up to them and him saying, thanks for getting me in here. Both receive the equal amount of reward in the kingdom. And that completely focuses our life. Because one's told to run and one's told to build. One's told to go, one's told to stay. One's told to finance the kingdom, the other's called to move it. And both equal rewards and work hand in hand in the last days. Kings and priests. And it's beneficial to know who you are. Because if you're called to be a king and you're trying to be a priest, you're missing your calling. Because the Lord has ideas in you to create wealth. And you're over here trying to do something else. And if you're a priest and you're trying to be a king, it's just not going to work. Because you're called to take the gospel and go ye. Amen? And as as the time gets shorter and shorter, we have to be more focused on the ideas that are in us. Amen? Because both receive the same reward. Everyone who funded Jesus' ministry, it says they came to him and brought of them of their substance. Everyone who funded Jesus' ministry received equal rewards in heaven. Hallelujah. That is a great word, amen? Which means any time I've sown to somebody getting a soul saved, they're going to come up to me in heaven as well and thank me. You got me in here, amen? They're going to know you. Amen? Money talks. It's spiritual substance, amen? It comes from heaven. He created all wealth for us, his children, amen? But there's a link in the end times, amen? While I'm on here, it just kind of shifted there. Go with me right next to the page there in, um, in Mark 6.30. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves. Say by yourself. By yourself. Mm, it's so good to get away with him. Amen. However you do that, however you get away with him, keep doing. Whether it's a coffee shop, a motorcycle trip, climbing Mount Everest, whatever it is to get away with God that you enjoy, that he's placed in you to draw you near to him, don't stop doing that. Amen. Amen. Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. In him is true rest. Amen. He promised to give you rest. For where, for there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived there before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he saw when he came out, saw a great multitude, and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd so he began to teach them many things this is what pastors do shepherds do to bring them together he began to teach them so that they could become one body so that they may be edified and built up and nourished amen this is the first thing he did off the mountain was teach it's the first thing he did in the wilderness was teach the greatest need in the body of Christ is teachers pastors, those who can teach sound doctrine and bring the body of Christ together again. Not everybody off doing their own separate thing, but together in the word, in sound doctrine. So he began to teach them many things. When the, This is a pastor's anointing to teach many things. It may sound like I'm going off in different directions, but when that anointing hits, it hits every one of us. Because he has me going different directions. That's a pastor's anointing. Not of me, but of him. So something I say may not apply to you, but it apply to your neighbor next to you because it feeds everyone. That's a little different than a teacher's office versus a pastor's office. A pastor hits everything in everyone. I'm amazed to see a good pastor when he preaches. It touches the whole audience, amen? Everybody's fed somehow. Amen? So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. 
disciples, disciplined ones, those who are following me and have seen my miracles and my works and my authority and how I've exercised it as a man on this earth, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy? Isaiah says, come buy bread without money. Isaiah 55, I believe it is. Come buy bread without money. Isaiah is just chocked full of the Messiah. Amen? Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? This is all they could figure. This is all they could come up with. The natural. Can we do this in the natural? How can we make this happen? But he said to them, how many loaves do you have? I'll step in. See, he noticed they weren't where he wanted them. They weren't ready to work a miracle themselves. But he still used them. He said, how many loaves do you have? Now he intercedes and steps in as their high priest. Go and see. Now he's working this miracle. In 1 Corinthians, it's called the working of miracles. Miracles have to be worked out. This miracle is worked out. The, wine, the water to wine was worked out. Grab the water parts, do exactly what he says. And that wine was turned from water into wine, the best wine of the feast, because everybody did their part and worked it out. They followed instructions. That, that guy who was, um, what's his name in the Old Testament? Naaman, who was a leper. And the prophet said, go dip seven times in the Jordan. Jesus, when he healed that eye, the blind guy put dirt on his eyes and spit. Then he said, walk two miles and go rinse. That miracle had to be worked out. It wasn't immediate, see? Jesus did so many miracles, they weren't immediately, they had to be worked. And that's why Paul calls them the working of miracles. It's not just instantaneous, it has to be walked out through faith to be seen. You have to have your faith active in the, and the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk and do what he says. And each step of the way produces more and more and more. And then you see the miracle in its wholeness. So it's the working of miracles. How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said five and two fish, which is a boy's lunch. Five loaves and two small fish. This is just amazing. (laughs) Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups. He starts to work out this miracle. Now he's commanded them, sit down in groups. This is what I need. I need order to work out this miracle. Order always comes before miracles. If people are out of order, no miracles. If people are of one, of one accord, miracles can manifest and take present. Amen. So he gets them all in groups. In 50s, the Bible says, actually. And has them sit down on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in 50s, spaced out. Multitudes. The Bible actually says that it's 5,000 men, which including their families is about 20,000 people, including women and children. So we're looking at feeding the 20,000, not the 5,000 here. Amen. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. See, his disciples are influential, and now they're working this miracle at his command now. Amen? They didn't know how to start this miracle. He did. So he took charge, but he's now using them. They got the bread from that boy, and now they're dispersing the bread. The miracles being worked out through us, through them, amen? Through their obedience. Hallelujah. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and were filled. 20,000 people from five loaves and two fish. A little hand basket. Amen? <laughs> Fed 20,000 people. That's amazing, just by following orders. Step by step by step. It's amazing to me. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. See, it says men, not women and children. 20,000 in all is a good estimate. And they took up 12 baskets left over. 
So they gave 12 baskets, the disciples, which were 12 of them, each one brought a basket back to that boy and says, here's your harvest from your five loaves and two fish seed. God touched it and multiplied it, and he gave that little boy 12 baskets of leftovers to bring home to his family. Not only, again, provided for him, but for his entire family. And for the weeks ahead, probably. Amen. And this, if I were this little kid, I'd be saying, take the first fruits, Jesus. Take this first basket. Here, take it off the top. Amen. To continue to have a flow of harvest. Amen. I'd sow right off the top of that harvest. Amen. Glory to God. Isn't that just a rich story? Man. Five loaves and two fishes multiplied through the disciples through following orders at Jesus' lead. Amen. Invest here. Sow here. Do this. Do that. And I'll multiply your finances, he says. We just have to follow the orders. If he says, I need you to plant this in this stock right here. I need you to buy this property right here. If we follow that instruction, no matter what, that seems impossible to me. It's because it's not of us. It's of him. Amen? And he'll make it happen. He provides seed to the sower and bread for food. He'll give us everything we need to follow instruction with if we just keep walking it out by faith. Amen? And the provision and the harvest is guaranteed if we do it his way. Amen? And in his time. Because when he says do it, that's the time to do it. Amen? (laughs) He knows how to work the miracles. He told Peter, go to the fish. Again, another working of a miracle to pay his taxes. He said, go to the first fish throwing a line. He had to work for this miracle. Amen? And the first fish he caught had that gold piece and it paid all their taxes for the ministry. About a million bucks in today's standard. Wow. How'd that happen? He followed orders. He just did what Jesus said. He's, he's the provider. He's the healer. Amen? He leads us through these working of miracles. It seems to me like he enjoys doing this. He enjoys incorporating his disciples. Amen? In that working. He says, go buy a new suit because I need you to go here. If I go buy that suit, he'll provide the money to do it with. Amen? And when I provide that suit, the job interview comes. And the open door comes. Amen? You have to act as if it already is. He says, go buy your nursery for your new child that's coming. You're past age, but you want a child. People told you you couldn't have a kid. Go provide the nursery for him right now. Go build the room for him. Paint it pink because it's going to be a girl. Walk it out by faith. People will call you nuts just like they did Noah building an ark without rain. But it doesn't matter. It's my voice and I said it. Now go do it and follow and I will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies, he says. They're going to be put to shame and you're going to be rejoicing because you followed the orders, amen? You followed the instructions of the Lord. They always produce. His word will never fail, amen? If we attend to his word, go here, do this, yes, sir. Flesh, get behind me. Fear, get behind me. I'll do it as he says. He's working out the miracle through us, amen? He's in us, and he works it out through us. Say something good is going to happen to me today. Something good is going to happen to me today. And now say something good is going to happen through me today. He's in us, amen? Don't forget your part. Amen? And never forget his part. Leave room for him to do his part. Look at this miracle he performed. They worked it, he said it. He was the foreman, they just carried it out. Wow, what a miracle, amen? Well, I think we'll end with this, amen? Wasn't that rich? Yes. Isn't God rich? Yes. So just listen, amen, and obey his voice. We're going to take communion, Amen. Amen. As we're getting ready to close, I'm just going to read a couple verses here. 2 Corinthians 6.16, I just want to leave you with these. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. John 14.23 in the International Standard says, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Then my Father will love him. And we will go to him and make our home within him. Revelation 21.3 And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with 
man. And he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be them, will be with them as their God. And again, 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And finally, Psalm 11.7, For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. Means his eyes are always on us. Every step of the way. If he said do this and you kind of lacked and you swayed out of thing, they'll get you right back in line. Amen? Amen. The miracle is still available. Provision is always accessible. We just have to follow his leading. That's the greatest thing we could do. The biggest blessings come from following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Whether it seems crazy or not, if we just follow him, he'll always tell you to do something nuts because then you can't get the credit for it. And he does. Yep. <laughs> it's just beyond me. That's right. But it's not beyond him. Yes. He needs you. He wants to work with us. Amen. Work with you. Yep. Doesn't want to be left out. Amen. So let's take communion. It's right under Clarissa's seat there if we want to distribute those. Amen. Communion is one way to receive your healing. When we take communion, it says, put, put me in remembrance. Do this in remembrance of what I did for you, Jesus said. How my body was broken for yours. How my blood was shed for your sins. You're without sin. Amen. Yes. Cleansed our iniquities. You're righteous. Yes. Hallelujah. Those of you at home, if you'd like to join us in communion, now's the time. Grab your bread and your grape juice or your wine. So the top opens on these little capsules and there's the wafer. We'll want to open both before we begin. And the juice is underneath. They're a little tricky, but I like them. <laughs> you got it? <laughs> These are the Broadman communion cups. Same company that made the Broadman hymnals. They're old school. <laughs> but they're good. All right, does everybody have their communion elements ready? Accessible? <laughs> Amen. So hold up the wafer and close your eyes. This wafer represents the body of Christ that was broken for us. Jesus said, He who eats of my flesh has part in me, and he who drinks my blood has part in me. We eat the body. We picture this as the body of Christ, flesh that was broken for ours, that was stripped by stripes, flesh that was emaciated for ours to be made whole. This is literally the body of Christ, the bread of life. He who eats this bread, Jesus said, will never hunger. And he who drinks this cup of my blood shall never thirst. It's eternal. It's an eternal substance. So receive your healing when you eat the bread. This is his body. It was broken for yours. In Jesus' name, I do this in remembrance of you, what you did for me. I take it and receive my healing through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory. The day's coming when people who take communion are going to pop out of wheelchairs. Amen. The blood of the new covenant that was shed for the remission, the complete removal of all sin. He became unrighteous and made us completely righteous. He was without sin and took our sins in full. He was emptied so he could be filled with our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. Thank you, Lord, for your covenant 
of blood, a blood covenant that's so, so powerful. The blood of Jesus is not only upon us and in our bodies, but upon all of our children, all of our seed, all of our offspring. The blood of Jesus flows through to a thousand generations, you promised. We give you praises for that, Lord. The cup of the new covenant, we do it in remembrance of you, what you bought and paid for, the complete elimination of all sin. Thank you, Lord, for making us your righteousness. In Jesus' name, take the blood. Amen.